Hey everybody, Brianna here. I wanted to hop on quickly and intro this week's episode. Meet your host, Emily. We sat down to talk about her experience in collegiate volleyball, how it led to her grad school program, and something I think we all experience but aren't quite excited to admit, which is comparison and self-confidence. I'm excited for you all to get to know Emily a little bit, so stay tuned and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Today Hello. we have um, our my lovely co-host and best friend, Emily. Um, you guys are going to get to know her a little bit um, on this episode. Um, so just to help the people out, give them an idea of who you are, can you introduce yourself with our, our usual um, little blurb, like your name, where you live, um, your age, what you're doing for work or school, um, your relationship status, maybe? Any of the above? Definitely. So I'm Emily. Um, I am 23, which sounds still so weird to say. I still want to call myself 22. <laughs> um, I'm currently in Seattle, but I'm kind of in like a big transition in my life where I'm moving in literally a week down to Riverside County um, to go to graduate school at Cal Baptist. Um, so I'm going to be starting my program there, and I recently just got engaged to my lovely fiance Ricky. So I can't, that's a little bit about me. I can't <laughs> scream because there's mics, but like I want yeah. to. <laughs> my heart, <laughs> my joy is screaming. Um, yeah. So and we'll talk about him and mm-hmm. maybe have him on a, a future a future episode. Oh, he's um, already so excited. Perfect. <laughs> um, so can you also kind of tell me a little bit about your background and like your upbringing and kind of just like what, what's led you to, to who you are today? Yeah. So I have always lived in the Seattle area, um, kind of in the suburbs up here with my family. I have one older sister and then my parents, um, always gone to a private Christian school, pretty much from kindergarten through college minus my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, but we never really grew up in a cur- pretty strict Christian household it was kind of always it was there and we would go to church kind of some weekends on big holidays but it wasn't ever like we were crazy devout Christians um so that was kind of a big thing in my life um but definitely at school I was always kind of more struck with that and it was a lot more present in my life at school Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then I went to school in Santa Barbara California well, actually, freshman year, I went all the way across the country to Rhode Island, and then I went to transfer to Westmont in Santa Barbara. So, yeah. Amazing. So, speaking of going from Rhode Island to Santa Barbara, um, mm-hmm. when we first met, um, we lived across the hall from each other. You had just transferred in, um, but you left collegiate volleyball in, in that mm-hmm. transition. So, can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit what that was like? Yeah, well, volleyball was a huge part of growing up, pretty much since I was 10 years old. I was mm-hmm. playing volleyball every season that I could. Um, I started because I had watched my sister play, and I thought, oh, that looks so fun, and some of my friends had played. And so I wanted to start playing volleyball, um, and then pretty quickly, I started playing it competitively. Mm-hmm. Um, so all year round, traveling for practice and tournaments and games um and trying to be on the most competitive team possible Mm. um 
And then it turns out I was okay at it. So I could keep (laughs) going. Um, But yeah, so then I would say around freshman, sophomore year, I really started to seriously entertain the possibility of trying to play collegiate volleyball. Um, And so I had actually a couple of the friends, either people I was playing volleyball with or other athletes in different sports that they were kind of going the same path. And so I was like, okay, like, this could be super cool. I really want to try it. I don't want to have any regrets of not trying to go for it. Um, And I had grown up going to like University of Washington volleyball games where it was like, those were my idols. And Mm -hmm. like all those girls looked like incredible to me. And so I was like, to be one of those girls just sounds incredible. And I was like, I think I have a real shot at it. And so it was a really long and hard and exhausting recruiting process. Like I remember trying to reach out to so many schools and coaches and some schools were like, we love you. Like, that'd be awesome. Come like talk to us. And other schools wouldn't give me like the time of day. And so it was a really weird process where I feel like I had to grow up pretty quickly in high school of Mm. how do I manage this? Um, And it was all about how serious was I about this? Um, Yeah. So finally, I was talking to the Providence College coach all the way in Rhode Island, which people, it seemed crazy because I was going, A, to a very small state that, like, nobody (laughs) goes to, and then B, all the way across the country from, like, away from all, like, my friends and family and everything, and so it was crazy, but then I went to the school, and I loved it when I visited. I got so excited about the team, and they were, like, it was... It was a D1 program, but not top D1. And so I felt, okay, it wasn't going to rule my life because I didn't want to give away my whole college career to volleyball. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to play it and love it, but I didn't want it to feel like work and a job and just suffocate me. Um, So like I didn't want to go to a Pac-12 school. Um, And so I was like, this seems like a perfect balance where I can still compete at a really high level, but also kind of have a little life outside of it. And yeah, so I tried it and lo and behold, it was not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. And it really took a toll on my mental health. And from my own perspective and other friends that I've had go into collegiate athletics, um, it's just very different than we all thought from Mm. dimensions with the coach and interactions with coach and the teammates and mental health is a huge thing, which I can get into a lot later, but um, yeah, it just really took a toll on me when, and I didn't know that it would. And so I really had to sit down at that time and be like, okay, is volleyball my life or do I want to like take care of myself outside of that Mm -hmm. um and not give up these four years being miserable honestly and so that was a really hard decision but luckily I mean within my first season I was like I can't do this for four years like there's no way I don't want to beat myself down for this um and just be like crying every night um so yeah, then I decided to quit and just completely leave that school as well because mm-hmm. I knew that that school just wasn't going to be a good fit for me. Um, 
and I was like I just need to start over like I need to get out I want to do go somewhere completely different I decided I wanted to go back to the west coast just to actually be closer to people that I love and know um and then I found Westmont and three more years and there I am (laughs) and we're best friends so glad you came worked out (laughs) um yeah me too for sure Mm -hmm. um can you tell me a little bit like about the people whether it's people or like experiences that were really pivotal to making that concrete decision to leave yeah well it's kind of interesting for me so I was always known as the volleyball girl and I loved it so when I probably from really junior high to sophomore maybe junior of high school Mm -hmm. that was my escape from everything and I would go to volleyball to get away from stress at school with relationships with people anything that was my release um but then I want to say around senior year of high school that kind of shifted a little bit where it was kind of oh, I have to go to practice. I have to go to this tournament. Um, It seemed a little bit more like work to me and not Mm -hmm. as much that fun release that it used to be. Um, And I mean, that was a lot due to coaches that were just beating people down and just very difficult to please. And there's a difference between tough love and just being incredibly difficult that you can never please and just tearing people down Mm. and so I had had a couple coaches like that and it really takes a toll on you and so I went into college thinking okay this is gonna be great this is gonna be like kind of the jolt I need to get that love and fun back with it and I'm gonna be with girls that just love the game and are playing at like my level and we can all just enjoy it and like be a team together and I mean it's a college coach. You would think that they would know what they were doing, have a good reputation, things like that. And so I got there and started out really well, like loved the girls. Um, The coach was great at first and I thought it was going really well. But then when we kind of started losing, everything just kind of turned where the coach would just be yelling at us for no reason and just very I mean I'll use the term mentally abusive because it was like girls would leave crying and it was just a terrible environment to be in very toxic um and so I quickly even though I was not necessarily like the brunt of her attacks all the time like I didn't want to be part of a program that I watched my teammates go through that right right um And I had learned, too, that then the past couple years, she's had a track record of people leaving her team, mostly freshmen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, okay, this is pretty ridiculous. Like, I don't feel good about myself. Um, And I remember the seniors or juniors and seniors kind of telling us freshmen, like, this is how it is. Like, we understand and we know it and we see it, but, like, this is how it is. Um, And so I started to tell my parents – and because they could see in me that I wasn't okay and that it was just not what I wanted. Um, and they were fortunate to, enough to come to a couple games. Um, and once they saw it in person, they were like, we totally get it. Like, 
do what you want. This doesn't look healthy. We support you, which was a huge blessing to me because I know for a fact other people don't have that. Right. Um, and some people, like, they have to stay for scholarships and they can't afford to just try to go somewhere else. Um, and so that was a really big blessing for me in that where I had support in that. But, yeah, I would say that definitely the coaches have a lot to do with how someone experiences the game. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that you were always the volleyball girl. So mm-hmm. what was that like um, or what was that process kind of moving away from that identity? Yeah, it was weird because, I mean, you know, when people always ask you, like, in class when you introduce yourself, like, what's a fun fact or, like, what's a <sighs> hobby that you have? Yeah, hate Mine it. Was, yeah, I know. Mine would always be like something related to volleyball and so when I stopped I was like I mean it's so silly and small but I was like oh my god what's my thing like no that makes sense in our society I feel like everyone kind of has to have that thing that they do whether they're really good at school where they're really passionate about medicine or whatever I don't know right or they like go horseback riding or have this hobby that they invest time and energy into Right. But I was like, suddenly mine's gone. Mm. And so I was like, okay, this is super weird. But it also felt really liberating to be able, especially when I transferred to Westmont, to think that, okay, I can be whoever I want. No one there knows me except for a couple of people, but like, no one there knows my history with volleyball. So, like, literally, yes, it's part of my past. And I can say, like, oh, yeah, I played volleyball. Like, that was what I did but whenever I would tell people that they'd be like oh that's cool and then just move on you know and so yeah I was able to then kind of be free of that weight because there is a weight that comes to that like when I was in high school like there was definitely a weight to see like oh where is she gonna go play what's she gonna do like what award is she gonna get you know like all of these things there's a weight to that and suddenly that was gone Um, and yeah, there's also definitely too, like those people that knew me in that time that not, not necessarily my close friends, because I think that I had a lot of support from them, but Mm -hmm. other people where it was, it was a shame that I was like, I quit this and I Mm -hmm. walked away and I didn't make it. Um, there's definitely a shame in that. And there was for a long time, just because I think there was a lot of people thinking, oh, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be her. Um, and so definitely having to deal with that and how there doesn't have to be shame around that. And I mm-hmm. can be proud of who I am and what I've accomplished. And one big thing for me was saying, I tried it. It didn't work out and that's totally okay. And like, I have no regrets for trying it because I know if I had, for instance, just gone to Westmont my freshman year, not done volleyball, I would have regretted it. And I would have always had that what if. Um, So I feel like now I can kind of, or at that point, I could kind of lay that part of my life down and be like, okay, that was a good part. Learned so much from it. And it seriously built me to who I am today. But I can still be whoever I want to be and be myself. And that's a really good thing. Um, 
which I mean, I'm still, I mean, I'm only 23. So it's like, <laughs> I definitely don't have my life figured out. And like, there are ideas that I want to, what I want to do with my life, but it's still just a huge, like, guessing game. And I'm going to fail sometimes. And I'm going to have to change paths, which I mean, I am even right now. And so right. it's always, I think, going to be kind of a constant theme where I just had to learn it pretty early with with changing from volleyball totally and like Mm -hmm. you're still you no matter Mm -hmm. what you're like changing to do because yeah something something you said earlier about the the what's your fun fact what's your thing you know like Mm -hmm. we very much operate as people being instead of being human beings like they're human doings which people say a lot Mm -hmm. um but it's true like when you meet somebody I mean this might be more specific to like the work like mm-hmm. once you once you're in the, like the, like once you graduated and like mm-hmm. you you moved into the working world like when you meet somebody you're like hi like like what do you do like that's what you yeah. ask them like and you're I mean it's it is just like innocently like a way to 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 get to know someone like we work most of our lives right so it does make sense to ask them yeah but we've also in some way translated that to well you have value and in mm-hmm. regards to what this thing is like whatever it is that you do um. Oh, totally. So you have to you have to break those apart. Um, mm-hmm. What was there any kind of like grief process to to whether it was like a certain part of your identity or like this experience? Like, was there like was there something that you really had to just like grieve to move on? Oh, definitely, but I think it took me a lot a while to get to that point because I think right after. I mean, I have been doing that pretty much ongoing since I was 10. And so there was also a part of me that I think was burned out. And I think right after, I just kind of just shut down a little bit. And I was like, I don't really want to think about it. I just want to relax and finish out the school year and kind of just coast a little bit. Um, But then afterwards, I think especially after finishing my freshman year, and kind of thinking about going into Westmont and everything. But I was like, it's really weird going into a fall season that I'm not prepping for. Um, or like having to think about. And even something as small as like going to a volleyball game. Where I was like, this is a new experience for me. Because it's like, I'm on the completely different side. And the first couple were like really hard for me to go to. Because I was like it's just a very different feeling being someone in the stands versus being down there with your team and like being in the thick of it. Um, So it was definitely a huge grief process where I was like, okay, why did I do this? Am I still happy that I did this? Where there were some days where I'm like, oh my God, why did I do this? Like I could have stuck it out. I could have just like done. I do that. But then I think back and I'm like, no, Emily, like, don't minimize your feelings from that. Don't like, you're so valid for what you were feeling during those months. Um, yeah. And like, it's okay. Um, and so I would definitely have those feelings of shoot, this really sucks. And like, I still love volleyball. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a huge grief process that, I mean, it still kind of hits me sometimes. Um, but I think it's just kind of ongoing. And at the end of the day, 
trusting myself and knowing that I did what I knew was best for me in that time. And I stand by that. And I think I honestly am a healthier person because of it. Mm. So, yeah. So how do you feel about volleyball now? Like where you, where you're at right now? Mm -hmm. Um, And what do you like projecting forward hope um, in terms of how you feel about volleyball as you continue to, yeah create that space and and time just goes on and it's been Mm -hmm. longer um since you played I mean I still love it and I think it's a great game and that everyone should play it but um, (laughs) I mean it's funny so I was one time on the train on the east coast and I was sitting next to this person and we somehow started talking and he had been a tennis player and he had gone to college and kind of had a similar experience to me Mm -hmm. um but sadly he said I can't even pick up a tennis racket anymore. I can't even look at a tennis court anymore because I like despise it so much because of what it put me through. And I think I walked away at a time where I can still go to the beach and play with friends and watch it on TV or go to a game where I think that was a super fun part of my life and it was hard and it did bring me some pain, but I still loved it and I do still love it. Um, Well, and even, like, the path that I'm hoping on going into sports psychology is, like, that's really a driving force for me is I still want to be part of that community and part of those people um, in their lives. And so I don't want to shut it out of my life. And I hope that whether it be volleyball or some other sport, that I can still just be a fan of it, honestly, um, and love it for what it is. Because... I don't want to just remember the bad things and the really hard things and the toxic things. Like I want to remember like the incredible joys that I had from it. Um, and like that adrenaline and the amazing girls that I met on my teams, like there's still so much good from it that I don't want that to be overshadowed from the bad. And so I definitely try to remind myself of that and just look at it with still joy and just a fondness of that memory from my life yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so that actually perfectly um (laughs) transitions uh into I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about grad school um Mm -hmm. for for our listeners a few weeks before you actually move down to Riverside County we don't Mm -hmm. know when that's gonna when this is gonna be released so yeah um yeah. By then, you'll probably already have started <laughs> grad school. I'll be crying over papers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your, like, when you, when you think about, I mean, aside from the fact that you're moving back to California mm-hmm. and there's a lot of logistics in terms of getting here, right. um, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about starting grad school in general, um, but also starting grad school during the midst of COVID? Yeah. So... A lot of emotions that change every single day. <laughs> I mean, I know you know. But, um, well, yeah. So, I mean, a little backstory. So I'm going to Cal Baptist um, for a sport and performance psychology um, master's program. That's going to be 12 months. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. One thing is I've thought about this for a long time in my life and I didn't always know what it was going to amount to and what it was going to turn into. Um, 
but I knew that I wanted to be an advocate for psychology and mental health in athletes and in coaches um, because I don't think that there's enough of that right now. And luckily, people are starting to realize that we need some of it, but it's, I don't think, anywhere where it should be. Um, So I knew in some capacity I wanted to do that. And finally, it just kind of fell into this, honestly. Um, And I found the program and I loved it. And so obviously there are fears of just like, I'm completely changing. I mean, I was in HR for this last year at a tech company. And so, so (laughs) different. And it's not that stable path of I could have stayed in my career, gone up and been great. You know, like I could have had a really stable journey with that, but I want to take this risk and it is a risk. Um, But I know in my heart that like, I wouldn't be happy with myself if I just stayed what I was doing. Um, I would have always wanted to do more um, and do something that I'm actually passionate about, which is what excites me for it because I know that I'm going to love what I do. Like every time I have a conversation with one of my friends or like when I was talking to the professor there, like I was so excited and I was so into the topic and the conversation. Um, And so I think it's going to feel really good to just be surrounded by people that have that same passion as me. Um, And we're all wanting to further it together. Um, So I'm really excited about in that. I mean, I'm nervous just to go back to school and like get back in the grind. But (laughs) yeah, so overall, I'm excited. And obviously COVID, like, it kind of sucks that it's this timing because we are going to be online and our director is hoping for some like in-person practicum experience but I mean this is this year has shown that we just can't expect anything and we can't plan for a lot and so I mean I'm just kind of going in it with like hoping for the best and like whatever it happens like yeah we're going to be online but that still means that I can get this education and further myself in it. Um, so I feel like we're just going to have to see how it goes. I don't know. It's so crazy, but overall I am excited for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned that you mm-hmm. have been working in, in tech, um, but just kind of like for anybody who um, went to working full-time after mm-hmm. graduation and is considering um, going back to school, mm-hmm. like, how is, like, what was that? I mean, obviously, when you know that that's the, the program for you or you know that that's where your passion lies and you don't want to work in tech forever, like, part of that decision is, like, made mm-hmm. for you. Um, but how did you kind of come to terms with the – because you and I have joked about, like, having a paycheck every other week. Like, that's yeah. really nice, <laughs> you know? Um, having, like, that kind of financial stability on your own mm-hmm. is really nice, like, that that independence. So, yeah, what what is that um, – like as it's coming what do you anticipate how have you already kind of come to terms with this your new reality Mm -hmm. and just like a new way of of living yeah well I think that one big thing that was even in my decision making process was that there's no perfect time um and so yeah I mean it's super nice like 
to have a stable job and paycheck coming in and like I could live in my apartment and like easily make rent and so that was lovely and I'm gonna miss that (laughs) but I just knew at the end of the day that I wasn't gonna be at peace with it and I was always gonna be thinking I want to be doing something else and I want to go for it and I've had a lot of fear and question of like well should I go for it like can I do this like what if I do this and it completely fails and I have to just go back to whatever type of job just to make money. Um, but then at the end of the day, I have to remind myself, and I'm trying to even now keep reminding myself, like, it's going to be okay to take this risk. And this is what our 20s are for. Like, no one is supposed to have your life figured out in your 20s. And no one is supposed to yeah. love your first job out of college. I know. I mean... I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like so many people during our senior year were trying so hard to get their dream job and that they would be able to go to a company, be there for 30 years, work up to CEO, and then leave and retire peacefully. And it's like, no, like, are you kidding me? So that never works out. And so being okay with that and being okay with taking risk and being willing to fail or being able to like completely succeed beyond your wildest dreams and to even just be able to follow your dreams like this is a dream of mine um and so yeah I don't know I think that like to your 20s is your perfect time for that because you're not strapped down with this career that you can't leave kids a family like you don't have things holding you back um so it's kind of I mean, there's no perfect time, but this is kind of the time for it. Right, right. And and the other part of it, too, A, people probably aren't going to be, like, work at a job for 30 years. But I think there's also an added pressure, like, I am getting my degree in this. So that means I need to have this this job or this job or this job. Um, And you and I both, like, went into something (laughs) so different than what we went Mm -hmm. to school for. And a lot of people do. Like, a lot of people, like, you ask them after however many years in whatever career, like, oh, what did you go to school for? And they'll like, give you a completely yeah. different mm-hmm. answer. And that's okay. Like, you just don't know what is going to be your move. You don't know what's going to give you a great experience totally. or great learnings. Like, you just you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so And so I think being open to the timing, the possibilities, like all of that. This is the time for it. I don't know if I answered your question at all, but. No, you totally did. No, 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 you totally did. Um, Yeah. Is there anything like, is there anything else? Because I do have another topic, but is there anything else with grad school that is kind of on like the tip of your tongue where you're like, I just want the people to know this. I mean, I think one big thing obviously that I had to think about before saying yes to it was financially obviously it's going to be yeah um a factor in pretty much anyone that goes to grad school um but I think what I would really say is like if you want to go for it go for it and you'll find a way I am a true believer that anything that you really want to do in life there are ways to make it happen um and Uh so I really hope for anyone that, like, 
you won't have to say no to it if grad school is an option for you because of financial reasons. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I know that that's a huge factor to weigh in. And a lot of times it's really scary. Like I'm scared to like give up this paycheck like twice twice a month to pretty much GB spending money the whole year and I'm like oh my god (laughs) that sucks (laughs) but right I don't know just you really got away is it worth it and do you want this bad enough and are you willing to take the risk um and I think if anyone can answer those honestly then you have your answer um then it's like not even a question at that point it's like okay next question is okay how am I going to make this work and what are the steps that I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and like once I got to that point, it felt really good where I was like, okay, I can say it out loud. I want to do this and I'm going to try to do it. Um, just how do I do it now? Um, and it was a really good feeling that I had. I mean, I know I talked to you about it. Like when I was applying, I was like, I don't want to tell a lot of people because what if I don't get in? Or like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't totally. Want, like, I don't want that failure to be out there. But then I was like, no, it's going to be okay. I'm just saying I want to do this and I'm pursuing it. Um, and so, yeah, that was like a really good feeling. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it, it ultimately comes down to, like, is this the invest? Like, mm-hmm. where do I want to put my money? Mm-hmm. And, like, where do I want to, like, put an mm-hmm. investment? And, and everyone has to like make that decision for themselves. Yeah. But um, again, being happy with your yes. decisions—that's for another <laughs> podcast. Um, so switching gears a little bit, but something that we've mm-hmm. talked about. Um, everyone, to some degree—I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're Beyonce or not—everyone deals with self-confidence mm-hmm. and comparison and. Um, I kind of just wanted to know, like, what your experience, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always kind of been a person that struggles with that just because, well, and I think for me, too, social media has played, like, a huge role in this, and Mm -hmm. I have a curse that I'm just curious about everything, and so (laughs) I just, even if I'm not close to someone, I want to know what's happening. Yeah. And so... But yeah, I think with social media, for me, it's played a huge role because, I mean, I'll just scroll and see all these people living, living life to the fullest. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, wow. Living their best life, too. Like, that's the version you get. Exactly. Like, them laying on the beach with 10 of their best friends, like, always. And so Mm -hmm. it was always like, oh, what can I put out there to make people think that, like, I have an amazing life right now? Um, Mm -hmm. what can I show people? Um, and so, yeah, I always was kind of like comparing myself to other people and just thinking like, okay, well, they're doing this. They seem really happy. Like they have that to show for themselves. And I never used to consider really like, oh, well, like what's behind the scenes? You know, there's Mm -hmm. always going to be something behind the scenes, but I just didn't think that way. I always just thought oh, they're really happy, super cool, really pretty, like, succeeding. Um, So, yeah, I kind of always struggled with that. Um, And, like, oddly enough, I think someone that's really pushed me 
to get out of that is my fiance because I would compare like our relationship to others and like where we're headed um and he would like stop me and he's like no don't do that this is ours like who cares what other people like where they're at in their lives what they're doing you honestly if you're not best friends with them or family or really close you have zero clue what's going on and so why even think that you do and why give yourself that to compare your own life to them um so I mean I'm still working on it on like a daily day basis but I think it's gonna be a constant struggle for me of just like always comparing myself and I'm also too very hard on myself and so I think that's definitely part of it of oh well I could have clearer skin or get cuter clothes or anything like that or do my hair better whatever um but yeah I don't know so it's still a work in progress for sure and like there are good days and bad days you know where sometimes I'll like I mean even lately I've been really minimizing my time on social media because I get on it and now I'm like I just don't even want to see any of this like Mm -hmm. I want to see what my best friends are doing but I don't want (laughs) to see anyone else and so it's just it's definitely a constant struggle that I'm gonna keep working on yeah Mm -hmm. well snaps to Ricky I'm excited to have him on at some point Mm -hmm. um whether we talk about this or something else Mm -hmm. but what are what are some things um and this is kind of open, so I don't know if it's, like, mm-hmm. what it is exactly, but what are things that help you manage that comparison mm-hmm. or, or maybe things that you do or say when you, like, you see that pop up in you? No, that's a good question. I think, honestly, one thing is being with my people and, like, mm-hmm. talking to my best friends that, like, I know know me to my core and, like, still love me for who I am. Um, yeah. And, like, reminding myself of that, of being, like, I have – close people in my life that love me and I love them and like amen yeah exactly and so even just reminding myself of that and being like Mm -hmm. okay when I'm in a funk I'm gonna text one of my best friends and just try to get my mind off it and remind myself that my life is good and like no it's not perfect I don't look perfect but I'm me and that's fine and like obviously people like me for who I am um so I think that's probably one of the biggest things and then I mean I touched on it but I think minimizing my time on social media for sure um just because it's a really easy trap for me to get into of just scrolling and then being like oh these people are here these people are there they're with these people um super easy trap and so minimizing my time on that and just not even allowing myself to go in to that space has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That makes sense. Anything to like, just to compliment and affirm you, like those, those times where you've told me like, Hey, I, I'm feeling mm-hmm. like in a funk, like that has a, like given me an opportunity to like be there for you. Mm-hmm. But it also like is an indirect and well, maybe it's more direct, like an invitation for when I feel that way. And I'm like, yeah. Emily's the person I can go to be like, I didn't sleep well last night. And I feel like an ogre totally. and I don't know why, like, I'm just having one of those days. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the sky. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, when you lead with like, or not even lead with, but like when you just show like, hey, I have bad days and I have those, or even moments, like mm-hmm. you, you let people 
own up to and like welcome theirs as well so thank you I that's something that I really appreciate about my friendship no exactly and I think too even when someone does that or when like say you'll text me that then I'm like it just reminds us all that we're human and yeah we all have something whether it's insecurity about our looks about our job about other relationships in our lives you know it, there's always something for someone and so uh-huh. just remembering that like I'm not alone and like people are dealing with their own stuff too like it's literally not just me in my own little world being like insecure totally. <laughs> um I think that's I think that's really cool too yeah um how do you think like your specific communities or like social spheres have played into um your experience so we've talked we've talked about social media and I think Mm -hmm. it has a lot of um influence but how have just like the communities that you're a part of Mm -hmm. maybe either increase that that sense of um comparison or maybe like alleviate it Mm -hmm. well I think one thing that like (laughs) comes straight to my mind is our little friend group um (laughs) the graduates um (laughs) I mean, you two are both such confident women where I'm like, thank you. Yeah. And where I'm like, okay, I can be confident in myself too. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's also too something completely in our society that I'm sure we'll talk later about that women aren't supposed to be like crazy confident and like, here I am, you know, like we're supposed to be quieter and a little bit just smaller almost. Right. And so having, like, those strong women in my life where I'm, like, no, everyone can be confident in their own skin, accept their flaws, um, celebrate the, like, amazingness that they are. Um, I don't know why I worded it like that. (laughs) No, I love it. Go. Yeah, keep going. Um, No, but that's been super helpful for me of just seeing that in my friends and, like, being so happy for them where I'm, like, oh, I can also do that, too, and, like, be super proud of myself um yeah so definitely that has been like super helpful for me um but then I mean I kind of spoke to it a little bit that just like growing up in pretty conservative Christian schools um where it's like women are always kind of quieter um and smaller like submissive yes like submissive like you're not supposed to just be like here I am I'm super confident because then other people are gonna be like wow, she's a total bitch, like, <laughs> right. you know? and so that definitely is a barrier that had to be broken down that I think then my friendship, seeing other women, other Christian and non-Christian women be, like, mm-hmm. super happy with who they are, is like, okay, no, this is actually a good thing when you act like that. Totally, and I think you're also touching on this, like, dichotomy where either women are super confident Mm -hmm. or they're completely insecure and so you almost have to pick which doesn't do anyone like any good Mm -hmm. obviously but it also like like it signifies to people who maybe deal with insecurities um I don't want to say more but like maybe in a or in your face kind Mm -hmm. of way like Mm -hmm. they kind of get more consumed Mm -hmm. by insecurity like oh well I'm one or the other and like confident women have no insecurities. Mm-hmm. So I don't fit in that group, which A isn't true. But then also for women who, you know, come across as more confident, 
they're not allowed the freedom to have an insecure moment or like to have insecurities because why would they? They're so confident about X, Y, and Z. And so both of them, you know, really suffocate women. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think it's definitely, I don't know if myth is the right word, but like women have to be one or the other. Um, Yeah. And there's no in between. So I completely agree that you can be totally someone that goes out super happy and just life of the party, but then also, like, go home and kind of feel heavy about stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, what makes you feel confident? Ooh. Whether it's, like, <laughs> a, a person, a thing, a song, like, what, like, what Ooh. is it that you're like, this makes me feel, makes me feel good, makes me feel confident? I think oh, that is such a good question. Um, it's also such a good question for me because I hate talking about myself. And mm. so thank you for asking Let's me. practice. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I think, honestly, what makes me confident is having the freedom to, like, do something that I love and, like, being able to talk about it. Um, mm. Like, when people will, like, ask me about something, um, then I feel, like, really confident in what it is. So, like, for instance, grad school. Um, like, it makes me feel really confident in myself that, like, yeah, I'm going to go do this and try this, and I'm super passionate about it. Um, or even just, like, listening to music and dancing with my friends. Like, mm-hmm. love it. Because you're so free. Yeah. And not a single care in the world. And just you're with your people that you love. Um yeah, that's definitely one thing, too, of just, like, being completely myself around my girlfriends. Like, no makeup, hair up, sweats, literally me right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, just being, like, your genuine, authentic self makes me feel, like, even that more confident in myself. Totally. Um, I love it. Um, can I ask you some, like, fun questions for us to wrap yes. this up? Okay. <laughs> um, so, what is one thing that you currently do for yourself that you would much rather pay someone else to do? Okay. Mine is kind of, I mean, it's like a job, but then they would like mold into another job. (laughs) Dynamic. I like it. You're making jobs. Helping the economy. Let's do it. Yes. Um, I would love to have like my own nutritionist because I hate having to like, And I have a major sweet tooth, so I think if I had someone, like, making healthy food for me, I'd much rather eat it. Where, like, if I'm cooking, I'll just be like, I'm just going to put on, like, pasta or whatever. Like, the most basic, boring food (laughs) that's not good for you. (laughs) But if I had a nutritionist, oh, it'd be amazing. And I wouldn't have to think about it. I would just, like, it'd just be there. Yeah. So, 100%. I love nutritionist. That. So, like, a nutritionist that's, like, also your personal chef? Yes. That's why they are two mm-hmm. jobs in one. Got it. Got it. You're, <laughs> so like, can, feed like, me, but keep me yes. healthy. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So, we have, like, a, a list of random, uh, like, these fun mm-hmm. questions, and I'm really torn between two. So, um, okay. maybe I'll ask you both. If you okay. were asked to produce a reality show, what would it be? And or what would it be about? What would be like the premise? I think. Uh, see, I've thought about this because it's on our list, <laughs> and 
I I would do something like it would definitely be a physical like obstacle course mm, for okay. sure. Kind of like um American Ninja Warrior but yeah. team based. Oh. Um yeah. So I feel like something like that would I be like really it. cool. I like and it. just energetic and I love it. Yeah. But then also the drama in me is like but I love shows like The Bachelor. So. <laughs> totally, but like you could, you could like but bring like that out in The Bachelor. In. I wouldn't want to produce it. Yeah, like watching it. Yeah, so. totally. Well, you have like mm-hmm. elements. You could have like, um, I don't know, couples. Each other. Yeah, I was gonna say like couples or like <laughs> the winners get a date. <laughs> yeah, or like, um, I don't know, like have like a cocktail party with a bunch of singles and then like have them oh on God. teams and then like. The people in the team, like I don't know, like you can, you can. Oh my god, sex sells. So like you, you, you put a bunch <laughs> of people in a room, it'll, it'll work. I um, love it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for giving our like our listeners a little glimpse into who you are. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll do more episodes kind of like this. Um, of course, but it's a good. It was a good intro. It was fun. Yeah. No. It's good to dive into myself, too. So <laughs> just bear your soul really quickly to the listeners. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love you. I'm so glad we did this. Um, and uh, let's do it again. You. Let's do it again soon. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to check back next Wednesday for a new episode. Talk to you later.